Hi, this is JR from Less Than Jake, and you're listening to Sunset Flip Radio. Thank you, fuck you, bye-bye, everybody. Happy SummerSlam weekend, everybody out there in the radio waves. Welcome back to Sunset Flip Radio. Yeah, Yeah, your number one podcast for the art and sport of professional wrestling. As always, I am the... Oh, man, I, I ruined the... I botched the promo. I am the million-dollar father, Mr. Thomas Lee. He's sitting alone here. I am sitting alone in the studio. Uh, the most handsome dad normally in the room is on the phone today, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Alex Drayton calling in to his own podcast. Normally, we have guests it's that call in. in it's a call-in show. Uh, why is it a call-in show? Because we had that thing called Life, and his daughter is sleeping and we are recording this episode uh, because you got stuck doing inventory last night and we have to drop that fur before SummerSlam, which is tomorrow for all us playing the home game. Uh, yeah, so Alex is on the phone and I'm in studio, but we are delivering you with our 159th episode of Sons of Flip Radio, including Instagram and road shows. Uh, This is the 159th episode, and uh, what a way to culminate this episode with the fact that we have SummerSlam tomorrow night, and we are the number one podcast for your preview and predictions for the biggest party of the summer. Alex Drayton, what do you think of the card? Um, I, I think it's really good. I'm excited about it, you know. In, in the past, SummerSlam's kind of fallen off. Like, some people might think that's sacrilegious. Um, maybe you feel the same way. Um, but this one's got a lot of hype around it. So much so where they had to cut matches off of it because they thought that everything would run too long. They cut a lot so of matches off. They give all the things to breathe. Yeah, I agree with you. I kind of felt like, you know, SummerSlam, in my opinion, for a little while was being held hostage by Brock Lesnar. Because, I mean, he had he had matches with John Cena. He had matches with Undertaker. He had matches with Triple H. It was kind of like Brock Lesnar maybe like, I don't know, six, seven years ago, eight years ago. Like, he was holding it hostage for SummerSlam. And, I mean, look, well, last I year. That was 2014, <clears throat> 2015, where he uh, suplexed John Cena 15, 14, 15 times. Yeah, and, I mean, last year he had the, that crazy, unforgettable moment where he lifted the ring with a bulldozer or whatever it was, a tractor. And, I mean, now we find ourselves with him back in what they're calling a co-main event. Now, I think they're advertising this as having, like, three main events. So, um, between the world heavyweight title, obviously, it's just fanfare. Yeah. Three main events. Obviously there's only one. There is only one. Anytime Roman Reigns is in a match, it's it's considered the main event. It doesn't matter if Brock Lesnar is wrestling. It doesn't matter if Seth Rollins is wrestling, which they both are. But ironically, anytime that the tribal chief whose countdown is over 1000 days as champion, uh, almost at the almost at the eleven hundred day mark, um, oh my he he deserves to be in that top spot, and he rightfully is so in that top spot. So obviously, the match with him and Jey Uso, aka Tribal Combat, will be main eventing the, uh, SummerSlam this year. But I mean, let's not forget about the fact that SummerSlam. You know, in recent memory, I mean, you know, in the hierarchy of pay-per-views in my opinion i mean mania is one rumbles two SummerSlam comes in at three and then 
um, Survivor Series is for, you know, that's based off people's opinions because, I mean, if they did the traditional Survivor Series, maybe it would creep up above SummerSlam, but, I mean, SummerSlam cards every year, you know, obviously, they've been getting better and better, and, you know, the fact that, you know, like I said before, Brock Lesnar kind of held it hostage for a little bit, but, I mean, you know, there, there have been some really memorable moments at SummerSlam, the debut of The Fiend, the fact that the Universal title was birthed at SummerSlam, in which Finn Balor won, which we'll get to in a second, um, you know, just, just... Coincidentally, two things you just mentioned, and two possible... Yeah, we could re re see. Yeah, you You know, know, I'm uh, as we preview, I agree with you on that one. I mean, you know, I think, I I think, what, two weeks, a week ago? Yeah, I think about some of those things. Your boy Bray, yeah, I know, but I kind of feel like, you know, if I had to pick between Finn Balor winning and Bray Wyatt reappearing, I'm gonna go with Finn Balor winning. Um, you know, yeah, the, the, like 95% of the time, yeah. Those things called the dirt sheets, which people live off of, like myself, um, you know, they're already advertising the payback pay-per-view in September to be a triple threat main event with Damian Priest, um, Finn Balor, and Seth Rollins. So I don't know what... I mean, mm. September 2nd is, you know, 29 days away or whatever it is. So, I mean, yeah. um, well, I a lot can happen from now until then. Labor Day, right? Yeah, right before Labor, Labor Day, Day, Labor Day weekend. So I think it's funny that you say that, and maybe we can start there with the, um, you know, the World Heavyweight Championship. And you know, with that being said, I, I think that this might be Finn's time. Yeah, yeah, I think we're at the point now with Finn Balor. The question is, you know, if not now, then when? Like when? When is yeah. there a better time for him? Especially with the fact that the WWE wants to elevate the Judgment Day into a Bloodline-esque role. If you want to tell storylines through the four members, what's a better storyline than to have all four people having a belt or something that resembles a belt, i.e. Damian Priest, and yet telling the story about how Damian Priest is going to get that belt from Finn Balor and how he gets it in which way that he does. Right, and so what I think is funny there is we've been seeing nothing but Judgment Day. So the Bloodline story, as it as it, as it has for the last few years, has crept and slowly built. So you always get bits and pieces. I know in previous shows we've always talked about, you know, it's moving so slow, sometimes it gets boring, but then when it hits, it hits. And, you know, we're in another lull. We'll see the end, this culmination of it on, on Saturday, so tomorrow. Um, but going back to the Judgment Day, the Judgment Day has been on every TV show in some important way for, I, I'd say, a good calendar month, maybe a month and a half. I mean, they're being roped they're into the NXT. Most important faction. They're really taking over for the bloodline. I mean, right um, now, the fact that they're so, <clears throat> excuse me, the fact that they have the Judgment Day spread out between all three shows is kind of crazy because yeah. even when you turn on NXT, uh, a show that's meant to be more of your future stars and another segment of your company, another layer of the onion, yet you're having Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio, who is ironically your North American champion, on that show in a weekly manner. And not don't forget you have Finn and Damian on, on Monday Night Raw mostly, but then at the same time, you know, you have... You can have Damien appear on SmackDown. You can have at any time because he's the money in the bank holder. So, I mean, those the fact that you can have those four superstars 
jump from show to show is remarkable. That's crazy what they have in their hands. This is now this is nothing like the bloodline because the bloodline Ever since the draft, even before the draft, the Bloodline story was it happens on Friday and that's it. On Monday night, you'll get that eight-minute preview or eight-minute recap between the 845, 9-ish hour, right? You know, the story of what happened this week. So that acts as a recap show. But everything happens on Friday night because the big money is on Friday with Fox and the big money is Roman Reigns. So... You know, this is something that we haven't seen before. Something to be said with, you know, the way they're doing things. So these two factions have run roughshod for a year. So the, the Judgment Day really hit its stride about a year ago. And, you know, Bloodline was already kind of in the thick of it. Now the Bloodline's kind of going off on its own thing. Judgment Day is now running rampant the way the Bloodline was. So they kind of flip-flopped a little bit. So we actually, uh, so the reason why you're hearing my voice, even though Alex was in mid-sentence, is the fact that that little beep was I had a phone call on my phone. So we had a stop, which we rarely do, and now we're back to you at the 9 minute and 40 second mark. So Alex was talking about how the Bloodline and the Judgment Day kind of flip-flopped in their, uh, in their roles on television and popularity within the WWE. And now Alex is going to finish his point now before we move on. So, you know, they, like I said, uh, they, re- they flip-flopped. So now the Bloodline is doing a lot of infighting, and they've always kind of kept to themselves in a way. And I'll touch on that in a second. But the, ju- uh, the Judgment Day is now taking over that number one spot, ruling all shows, ruling the roof just the way the Bloodline used to do for the last few years. Now, with the draft, like you had mentioned, Tom, now everything's kind of kept to one show. So, you know, the Judgment Day, I find it very odd that they're kind of going this way. So you would almost, I don't know it would be smart to run like two will-they-won't-they break-up angles within a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I say that between Finn and um, Damian Priest. So, you know, more curious to see if he tries to go for gold on SmackDown. Because everybody's kind of got their own thing. And that's off of the oh. heels of if um, Finn wins. So let's, hypothetical, let's, let's a hypothetical piece here. Let's say Jay somehow beats Roman, right? And then you get a cash-in. Now those two keep fighting, and then eventually they'll come back to it at payback and, and whatever, but, you know, and then, I don't know, it, it's very, like, something that I hadn't thought about until somebody, uh, I was reading something, and I was like, you know what, that's actually a, I didn't think it could be a slight possibility, although it's totally not going to happen, but, you know, we like to talk in hypotheticals here, because this is what we do, mm-hmm. that's why you come to talk to us every week. That is true. I mean, it's if, if 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 you told me right now that Damian Priest was going to cash in on Jay Uso after he dethroned Roman Reigns over a, a basically eleven hundred day reign, I I wouldn't I wouldn't know I wouldn't I I wouldn't I wouldn't believe you unless you had a lot of evidence to be honest. Um, but I, it's it's so unpredictable. I mean, the predictability part of the WWE, obviously, since since Triple H has been in charge, we always talked about. It. I mean, I think if you go back into our past catalog, 
you know, for the first 115 episodes, I think we used the word predictability almost every fucking episode because that's how it was. Bop, 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 bop. But now it's, you don't know. I mean, apparently he's had this storyline forever, but... You know, you still get that normal stuff, but now there's an, uh, you know, what they do with television and the way they write it is they are planting that seed of actual doubt where in the old ways, you know, a, a year or so and, and, and change, um, you used to always know, just like you said, it's a cadence, but blah, 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 blah. Here, at least it makes it fun. Sometimes predictable things are good, and when it's done right, it feels great. Oh, yeah. I mean, I you know, I think when Cody Rhodes went in the Royal Rumble, I think everybody saw that coming. And I think everybody saw oh, the yeah. fact that Rhea Ripley oh, yeah. was the... I, I have to say, that was probably the biggest swerve in, yeah. in a while. I mean, I, I think everybody knew that Cody was going to win. He was going to show up at 30. Uh, but the I question... would have actually hurt Cody. You know, we talked about, oh, it's inevitable. Yeah. But I think now, knowing what we know, and this is the fun part about what we do, and... and the takes we can have later and when we revisit it is the bigger story will be hopefully next year in Philly and we will be there. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's... Did you watch his documentary, by the way? I did not watch it yet. It's very good. It's like two hours. That's what I heard. But like now, okay, so now let's... I mean, we, we really don't have a plot here so we're just going to jump around but like... Are we... Are, we don't have a like plot. A movie. Yeah. Um, are we at the point where we really don't want to see Cody Rhodes win and beat Roman Reigns because we rather see a different person do it, or we rather see how the bloodline story goes? Like right now, we said, that we said the same thing with Sammy back in. Yeah, I think we said the same thing, and it's like it's 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 tough to say though because it's like okay. You know, Cody Rhodes, he has the documentary. But, like, at the same time, we were getting regurgitated all Cody Rhodes stuff leading up to WrestleMania last year. And then we're like, oh, yeah, he's going to win. And then he didn't win. So that was because I think Triple H's bloodline plan really didn't fully evolve until after Sami Zayn. Now, now, now it's, like, kicked into overdrive. Now, like, like we're at the point where you got to end this storyline soon because you're afraid of it getting stale. But at the same time, you're afraid about how many other routes they can go besides Jimmy the Gimp coming back and stepping in instead of Jay or even seeing Solo. But then to tell the story of Solo and Roman is going to take time because obviously Solo is yeah. against his brothers. Like, do that's we the, see so that's the other thing is like there are other avenues that they can continue to keep this fresh. You got to keep it and going, though. Last year at, at this time, we were like, oh, is it getting kind of stale? What else they can do? They've been doing all this stuff and they keep throwing little wrinkles. And, and you know how they can they say you can only fold a piece of paper like maybe seven or however many times they're folding it past that point where even the strongest person can fold it and they're still folding it and it's so it has so many more layers it's like in Shrek what did Shrek say ogres have layers the WWE has layers they do I think I think Triple H has to have a lot of different layers of the storyline because the fact that he put so much time and commitment into this and the fact that he put so much time and commitment into building a storyline around Roman Reigns' over 1,000 day reign and the fact that he hasn't been pinned in so long until uh, until last month. I mean, 
Yeah, I'm convinced that Triple H is really trying to make all of his people at the top. So his new, this is his his reign, this is his regime, this is his company for the most part. And, you know, that's why Gunther's up there with, you know, we're, we we like nostalgia. We like to know who's the longest this and who's had this many titles and blah, blah, blah. Because we're a sucker for numbers. We're in a number society. It's like ESPN, where there's a stack for freaking everything. Yeah, I mean, you have... But I think Triple H is trying to wipe out all the old school. With, you know, obviously they're going to be there and they can still go back and find out their story. But now it's trying to push the company forward instead of always relying on the the then the now the forever here's you know get rid of the now i mean the then let's talk about the now and forever well i kind of feel like right now the last hurdle in triple h's scheme of relevancy and scheme of taking over like monopoly is roman reigns i mean if you if you look at still part of his that's still part of vince's last that's what I'm saying. That's the last obstacle because Rhea's in place. Rhea's in place. Seth is in place. And guess what? If Seth doesn't get into place, then you have Finn, who's a Triple H guy. Or you have Damian yeah. Priest, who Seth is a Triple H there. guy. So Seth was always so, a Triple H yeah. guy. So, yeah. So, I mean, he was always at the top. anywhere you go, you realize that Triple H's guys and girls are all over the, the program. Asuka, Rhea, Sammy. Uh, Kevin Owens, they're all Triple H's people. I mean, yeah, Roman Reigns was brought into NXT when Triple H was there, but the fact that Roman Reigns got called up pretty quickly to form the Shield under Vince McMahon, separated from the Shield, and and headline multiple WrestleManias, beat the fucking Undertaker at WrestleMania, who is a Vince guy, obviously, and now Triple H has to live with the fact that he has one more hurdle which is the story of the bloodline to get past to really make an impact on this company and to put his yeah. fingerprints on it. This is the last. It's like the last boss in the Mario. It's like Koopa. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you or Bowser. I think his biggest mark so far, and this might be a really hot take, but it's a good take. His best mark in in like his Triple H's kids, right? Is right now currently Rhea Ripley. Absolutely. She is the the pinnacle of what he's trying to achieve with the superstars and, and to make them so huge. And she is the linchpin to all of that. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, Rhea... Seth, Seth, established, Seth established himself a long time ago. And, you know, he kind of beat out everybody else, including Roman, I'd have to say. Because nobody was higher than Roman until the COVID stuff started. And mm-hmm. He was gone, and he came back with Heyman. Um, well, he was so he was Rhea so really generic, though. I mean, Roman only had one layer to his game. Like that was it. I mean the yeah. the 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 babyface John Cena esque, you know, mm-hmm. always headline WrestleMania. And you know Roman's gonna win. That was you know that was Vince's. That's Vince's thing. Like that's Vince's guy. I mean, you know, it's like the John Cena syndrome. John Cena headlined every pay per view, and you know he won every pay per view. He was a sixteen time champion for a reason. But I mean, you know, Seth Rollins can afford to lose every match for the rest of his career, and he's still gonna be in you know regards of one of the greatest entertainers in this era right now. 
Yeah. He, I mean, he successfully, I think he's had a phenomenal career where he's did so much that if he left tomorrow, he's a, he's a Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? Like he, that's just, that's just what Triple H did. Like he brought him in as the first ever NXT champion. And, you know, he, he brought him in as the leader of the shield or, you know, the one to break the shield and as the future and, you know, the architect and all those different gimmicks. And now he's doing this, but now his, his, not his ego, but his persona has gotten so big outside of the company that you're starting to see him in movies and commercials. And, you know, he's really getting his name out there. And, you know, Roman did the same thing. Bianca's doing that right now. The Miz did it. So, I mean, like, you know, for, for Seth, and maybe we can start off with this and, you know, the Seth Finn match, like, it, even if Seth did take the the L this weekend, and to be honest, man, I'm really leaning towards Finn. You know, I'm I'm yeah, leaning, so, I'm leaning towards Finn. And I'm, on, it, I'm on the Finn train. I've always been. Uh, it's always been one of my favorite superstars. I'm leaning towards um, Finn simply for the fact that that they've multiple multiple times talked about the fact that Finn won the Universal Title, but then they got taken away from him because he got hurt. So now I really think that they're going to play that role into this match and he's really going to get his moment at SummerSlam to kind of erase that from everyone's memory. But at the same time, it's for the greater good because then you're going to open up so many doors for the Judgment Day. So I kind of feel like they're going to put the belt on Finn because they're going to see and look in the long run that if we just stop right now and keep it on set... I just hope it's not an end to a mean for... Sorry to cut you off. I just hope it's not an end for means for to slide in Damian Priest right after that. I mean, Damian's going to have to get there somehow. You know, like, come on. Yeah, I mean, Damian's going to have to get there somehow. I mean, he's somehow going to weasel his way into a title chance at the most opportune time. And if that if that if that costs Finn Balor a short title run, but then you're getting so much of a storyline out of it. Then I think it's a win-win for the company. It really is. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, it's Do tough. You think because... Finn could get kicked out of the Judgment Day and slide in um, JD McDonough. I mean, I think that's possible because I mean, right now Finn's not the leader. I mean, I think I think if you lose Finn out of the Judgment Day and you slide in JD, which is what they're apparently put on hold for a little bit, I think it makes perfect it's sense. Still Rhea Ripley. Yeah, Rhea Ripley is the leader of that group. So, I mean, you know, when they kicked Edge out and they replaced him with Finn, a lot of people thought that, oh, man, Finn's the guy. But then Rhea just catapulted into the into the mainstream where she's taken over this this group, this this direction that she has them in. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that was organic. I don't think I think Finn kind of was penciled in to be that guy. And he I think he was, too. That, those bits of it. But I think Rhea just kind of came and took it over. Well, I mean, if we compare Rhea and Finn on the mic together. In my opinion, I think Rhea gets her message across better. I feel like Finn sometimes is a little spotty with how he talks. Um, I mean, Damian Priest, to me, just just plays the role of a WWE guy, like, perfectly. Like, you know, you want me to jump how high? I'll jump that high. You know, like, um, and then Dominic is just there for the pure heat. But, um, you know, Rhea really depicts and she really translates all their promos and all of what to get out of this group and the fact that, you know, that, you know, she's the face, she's the vocal point. And I mean, she's a dominant person in that role. 
Now, like, mm-hmm. if if we're talking about the women's division right now, on that side of Raw, it is poorly, poorly, poorly booked. I'm sorry. Yes. There, there, there's nobody. There who is literally likely to be at the top. Nobody. I don't even know what's going on with the Raquel. Rodriguez. No, you have nobody on on. You have A and B. A is SmackDown. I mean, A is Raw. B is SmackDown. On you have Rhea on this show against and like who was she really challenged after she beat Charlotte? Natalia has challenged her. Raquel has, but she's just dominating all these wrestlers. There's nobody that is a formidable challenger for Rhea Ripley that is on Raw. There really isn't. I mean, there is, but they're involved in other things. Keeping Becky away from it. I mean, Becky's okay, yeah. I so mean, long. Becky Becky Lynch is the only name, but I heard Becky wants to take time off, and the fact that her match with Trish is going to get pushed back uh, to get it's going to get pushed back now. You know, like. That's just that doesn't do any good for Rhea. I mean, yeah, she still has the belt around her shoulder, but I mean, you know, it, that's gonna get old after a while when you have nobody as a formidable challenger except Becky Lynch, who's tied into a meaningless feud with Trish Stratus. And you know, this would be a great time for them to acknowledge that. Like, let's say there was a big free agent woman to be signed, right? This would be a great time for Rhea to cut a promo on Raw and say, there's nobody left. Becky's off doing her thing. You know, uh, you know, you know the, how they can cut that promo. Yeah. And this would be a great time for a surprise uh, person. Like, I don't know. I mean, it, I think it's made for it. Yeah, but, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know much about the female Lately. free agent talent out there. But yeah, then, I think that talent pool is kind of all locked up. Personally, yeah, but the, but then on option B on SmackDown, you have you have Bianca, Oscar, and Charlotte. Wow, I mean, yeah. and you still have Bailey, and you have EO. So I mean, like right yeah. there, you have you have women that were multiple time champions, and you have the woman who has the Money in the Bank briefcase. Wow, on one show, yeah. and then you have Rhea by yourself on the other. And you, well, you have her and Becky Lynch, but it's too early to tell the Becky Lynch story because you know we're going to see it. I mean, what I really think is going to happen is the fact that Becky is probably going to win Elimination Chamber, right? And the right to face. Which is in February. So yeah. It's a long time away. <clears throat> I know, but I mean, at this pace, if you want to book Rhea and Becky at Mania, which is what they want to do. How is Becky going to get there against Rhea unless she wins the Chamber or she wins the Royal Rumble? I don't think you're going to want yeah. Becky Lynch to win the Rumble again, right? No. I mean, the fact that you had the, you know, you have Oscar, you had Ronda, you had uh, Charlotte, you had Rhea, and you had Bianca win the win the Royal Rumble. I mean, you know, it's but then that, at the same time, that's hard to figure out who's going to win that. So I mean, like you're right. you're running out of top names unless you really want to establish somebody early. You're trying to establish Raquel Rodriguez, but I mean she's getting the shit beat out of her by Rhea to the point where she needs to be a heel again. Yeah, but I mean she she's, doesn't have that heat like she used to in NXT where she was wearing all black. Yeah, but I mean she got the shit beat out of her basically, and then know, that yeah. that costed her her tag titles with Liv. Then Liv gets taken out. I mean, I don't think you really need to do all of this work to make Rhea the dominant person that she is. 
I just feel like her track record when she was in NXT, UK, and regular NXT, and now what she's, what, how she got brought up to Raw, she won the title a couple years ago from Asuka at, at Pirate Mania at Tampa, and like, you don't need all this work to get Rhea over more. They should take that time and devote that to building up other women to challenge Rhea because everybody knows Rhea's dominant. That's the problem that I have with the women's division right now because you don't see the future opportunities for Rhea except the fact that you know she's going to be there talking the same smack and doing the same thing on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I have one person that I could think can work themselves into it more quickly than somebody else. And I want to point towards Shayna Baszler. Okay. Her thing that she's got going on, I think, and hear me out because I think it's really legit, what she's got going on with Ronda, you know, once she handles that, she's established that dominance. You know, it's Ronda Rousey because you have to kind of play off of that, right? Mm. That's who she'll end up beating, blah, blah, blah. And so I think that by Survivor Series, I, I might, I think we might see something between, um, and there'll be somebody in, in between, you know, just to give some reps for other people, you know. But I, I think, you know, we could see Shana kind of start to build here and really start to cook again. Another Triple H person. I mean, that's fine with me if if, if they really want to establish Shayna Baszler because I mean, Ronda's leaving. This match was supposed to be at WrestleMania with her and Shayna, but, you know, Ronda kind of wants to do it now because Ronda's leaving. So, you know, they're pushing that matchup. Obviously, in my opinion, if we're going to cut... I mean, the fact that we talked about how Finn, we think Finn is going to win, then we talked about Rhea, and now we're going to lead into this Ronda and Shayna thing, is that I think that Ronda's going to go out on her back because of her friend. And I think everybody knows that this is the end of Ronda Rousey because she she's kind of pulling the plug in her WWE career, which is perfectly fine because I think that where she is right now, she's not going to get any bigger than what she's already been through. Yeah. So, I mean... I, I, th- I think her short stint, let's say... Although it doesn't really seem so short. I mean, because based on Manias, when she appeared over in New Orleans, at, was that 34? Mm-hmm. I mean, she had a really well, good career. It, it carried some time. I mean, she, I mean, she, uh, I mean, look what she did. She headlined the first ever women's pay-per-view evolution. I mean, she mm-hmm. debuted at Mania in the longest match of the night. Uh, she's been a multiple-time champion. You know, she's been a women's tag champion. She's been a Raw women's champion, a SmackDown women's champion. She came from a UFC background, which, you know, we never seen for a woman before. And, you know, she really had a pretty good career. I think I I think the WWE got as much as they can out of a talent like her. Yeah, agreed. And she took time off because she, she and, had a child, And she had so. a kid. And she took time off. And at the same time, she's she's still been doing things because of her name being Ronda Rousey out there in, in Hollywood. So, I mean, I think that she realized that she's not going to go any higher in the WWE. You know, she realized that the run that she had and she main evented the first uh, WrestleMania for women. So, I mean, like, you know, like when you really look back on Ronda Rousey's career, like, okay, yeah, you know, she, you know, four years, whatever. But I mean, like in those four years, she did a lot of stuff. Like, it's not like she just did nothing. I mean, 
I mean, do I personally like her? I mean, in the ring, she's not bad. I can't listen to her on the microphone because it sounds really, really bad. But, I mean, you know, you know, for the casual wrestling fan to see what she did throughout her career, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due. She was, she didn't have a bad career. I don't think she did. Yeah. No, it was, it was. She got better. It progressed. Like you can go from match one, which I still do think was like her best. Yeah. Maybe there's another sprinkle in there too, but. She had a couple decent. She had a couple decent matches with with really Charlotte. Did. She had a couple decent matches with Charlotte. I mean, I think her whole feud with Liv was just pointless. Um, you know, and you know. Yeah, the, I think there was an influx because of Vince being out, and here comes Triple H. I think that that's kind of they were a victim of that. Well, I mean, plus also, you know, she had her Vince McMahon DNA fingerprints on her with her headlining Mania and. You know, I never forget that scene backstage where she kicked the cop car window. She was handcuffed, and the three oh, women yeah. were brawling in handcuffs. I mean, that you know that that lives that in lore. That was good shit. But I mean, like you know, I think she definitely had her moments, and she had everything that she could have done. And she'll walk away. I think she'll walk away in her back. To be honest, like I'm putting Shayna to win over Ronda because I think Ronda wants to put Shayna over, and now it's time, like you said, maybe establish Shayna as a top woman's prospect like how she was in nxt so let's have let's have ronda lose yeah way to way to bring it back home to the point we were how we got there so you know i i think that's a fair assumption that there's nobody else currently and you know stars have to be made and go go figure you know it's you would have thought triple h his focus was the women for a very long time for a long time and man. he's kind of at least in nxt it was anymore I mean, the four horsewomen, Charlotte's a 14-time champion. Becky's a multiple-time champion, who's a really big name out there. Sasha Banks is no longer with the company, and Bailey is feuding with Shotzi. So, so right now, I mean, I think we're both, we can both agree that Finn and Shayna will win. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm ready for it, um. Nothing against Seth. Seth will be completely fine. He'll be fine. He doesn't lose anything at this. He'll get his rematch at Payback in some way, shape, or form. And then he'll move on. Um, Where he goes from there, I don't know, but we can get to that at another time. Now, I think the toughest match, in my opinion, to book for this weekend, in my opinion, is Gunther vs. Drew. Oh, man. I took... Perfect. This is why we finished each other's sandwiches. This is just great. Because I was, I was totally thinking that too. Because I'm torn between history and, again, WWE liking to cook the books, let's say, with yeah. records. And actual, you know, putting Drew over. I don't think, uh, you know, we don't know this to be true right now, but I think, you know... Maybe Drew and them struck a deal, or he came back under the pretense of X, Y, and Z. Um, we'll never know because we're not entitled to that information. But you know, I do think he's coming back to win a championship, and I think this might be the one. Yeah. I sorry, are you on? Yeah. I mean, I I think no, I um. I mean, yeah. I mean, I agree. It's just, it's just that you know, Gunther has been so dominant that is it now the like it, it, to me, Gunther is just like Roman Reigns Jr. It's like, do you pull the plug now on him? Because you know, like I said two weeks ago, which I'm gonna say it again, he's my early pick to win the Royal Rumble. 
Gunther is my pick yeah, right now to win the Royal Rumble. Put him into this title scene. He's got to lose it. He's got to lose. He's got to lose it. Intercontinental Championship. Let's say next year at Mania because that's way too long. He needs to drop it in the next four months. I mean, the the the, the most formidable opponent for him to to beat or to to drop it to is Drew. I mean, yeah. you know, Drew Drew McIntyre had a had a huge huge run. And memorable run getting to the the championship and him conquering Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble, him winning the Royal Rumble, him kind of carrying th- us through the COVID mania as a world champion, having feuds with Bobby, having feuds with Seth, having feuds with AJ, having feuds with the fucking Miz for all people. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because... He he is very over, right? But now you say to yourself, we got to have a plan for Gunther, though, right? So say if Finn wins and it's Roman, right? And, he, and then you have Gunther. Like, I think Gunther, I think Gunther's awesome. And I really like him as a talent. And he's not bad on the microphone. And, you know, I mean, like, he's... He's that old school mentality with wrestling that that kind of you know he caters to those people. He caters to those people though. Yeah, of course, man. Yeah, I mean, this is the toughest one of the night. I mean, it's honestly, it's a coin flip. I mean, if you want to establish Drew McIntyre as one of your top guys, but the it's fact a good that coin flip. it's a great coin flip. Yeah, it's a tough coin flip because you're going to establish Drew McIntyre as one of your top guys holding what you want to be one of your top titles, even though they consider, oh, it's a mid card. It's, it's bullshit. It's not a mid card. I mean, you know, it's it it's a formidable title. It has its history, you know, and but now there's even more history behind it because Gunther can beat Honky Tonk Man's record. Mm-hmm. So and he still has to he has to win tomorrow and get almost to the end of the month, if not to the end of the month, to do so. Oh, he will. If he wins tomorrow, he's gonna shatter the record. Yeah. Yeah. He ha he, he has yeah, he's to not do gonna that. just beat it in a day, you know. He he's one more day over that mark, he's gonna take it and go further with that. Plus I so think that could carry into Survivor series or something. Plus I kind of feel like Triple H wants to be like, okay. Gunther, you're going to be the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time. You're going to beat the Honky Tonk Man's record. The fact that we're saying that the Honky Tonk Man, who has who had had such an unmemorable career in the WWF, except him being gifted the IC title because Butch Reed was late and didn't show up to a house show, is so crazy to know that he... Is the number one in the clubhouse with the rain with the length of rain for an intercontinental title? Yeah, that just boggles my mind how that happens. But that's life, though. But whatever. I mean, ah, God, do you do it now with Gunther? Uh Yeah, I think so. So talking it up as we're doing right now, trying to predict things. I really. Uh, so he, here's here's. Two, here's a scenario. Drew loses, and it puts him off the deep end, and now we get a heel Drew going forward, right? Which I, I'm kind of leaning towards that happening. Gunther, I think, will go on to another program before he eventually 
hooks up and links up with the person who's going to eventually take his title, which I think that's going to be around Survivor Series because they need to get the title off of him for him to build into the Rumble for them to build into another huge feud going into Mania. And that's the perfect time to do it with no pay-per-view in um, December and the rumble being at the tail end of January. So then, so then, with what you just said, I think we both can agree that the WWE care more, cares more about Gunther having that champion of of length of reign or whatever you want to call it, rather than you know Drew getting his shot. Because I mean, in my opinion, I think Drew McIntyre. Say if Drew lost, right, and he just went from that to. You know, he got his hat and some his hand in something else, like maybe the world heavyweight title run. I mean, I think I think Drew can afford the loss, to be honest. He he can, but I don't think he'll. I think he'll turn heel. I think I'll, there's a lot of signs pointing to that. Um, something that I think he actually wants to do. Um, but yeah. I think now with his status now in the WWE, than when he was a heel before at. Um, you know WrestleMania in, in New York. Oh um, man, when when when, when, when he lo- when he lost the Roman Reigns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we I were there for that. There's more to a, a, a heel, Drew McIntyre. I mean, he 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 like, Drew okay, McIntyre. Heel cool. are going to have on that show. Yeah. Then you have uh, Bobby Lashley. Is he a heel? What, what's going on with him and the Street Profits? Like, you can't have too many heels, right? I really thought that Melo was going to lose, and they called up. No, but they, I mean, speaking to that, you, him and Trick, Trick Williams aren't a thing really anymore. But it was mutual. They're, yeah, they're separated. And, you know, right? I mean, they'll they'll come together for a tag match, but I mean, like as far as singles runs, they're gonna go their own way. Right. Which is fine. You know what? I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go with Gunther. I think that the WWE wants to establish this guy as one of their top top superstars and i think triple h is going to start with him shattering honky tonk man's record Mm -hmm. leading into him winning the rumble and then leading him all the way to mania to challenge for a title yeah so he can lose it sometime after he shatters the record which is going to be because guess because guess what say he breaks the record one day and the next day he loses the title guess what he has the record and we're living in an era, like you said, of days. So I think if you care more about the days, then you're going to care about the fact that he has had the record for the title run. Yeah. I mean, just just so we don't agree on everything, I'll just say Drew wins. Although, like, Vegas odds, and who cares about odds in wrestling? It's predetermined. Although, ooh, how dare I? It is. Um, it's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll go the opposite of that, and I'll say that Drew wins. Just okay. for some dramatics so that we're not agreeing on everything. Although, when you look at the card from Soup to Nuts, being a realist, you got to see that not much could change here, with the exception of that, that championship. Yeah, you're right. No, That's so I mean, like, than the other ones. I think I think leading into this next thing we're going to talk about, and like, say if we do get like a Drew, like a heel, like, so say if McIntyre loses, right, and then like you know, the next night on on Raw or whatever, Cody Rhodes comes out, right, and say if we get the heel McIntyre, where oh my god, are you going where I think you're going with this? What? 
Heel Drew versus Cody. Face Cody. Yeah. Well, that puts butts in seats for the next five to six months. I'm, no, I mean, to be honest, like, I mean, I think that that would be an awesome feud. If if Drew McIntyre so like loses... Final, final boss leading into Cody's push again for 40. You you got to fill the time. You got to fill the. You got to fill the time somehow. Yeah, but Cody. <sighs> so are we gonna go to Cody Brock now? Might as well. Yeah, might as well. well yeah. We already said it. Okay, we do what we want. Um, man, I don't I don't know. Um, this one's easy. On that one too, because this one's easy for me. Just trying to think ahead. Cody is the no brainer. Absolutely. Um, but it, but Brock is Mr. Summerslam. Yeah, I know, but I think Cody, Brock... Cody could take a loss. Cody needs to lose. We need to be, based on his... No, not now, his though. documentary, Cody, I think, needs to lose. He needs to kind of keep he, playing from underneath. He already lost once to Brock. They did this three-match thing on purpose. Brock has nowhere else to go except with Cody Rhodes right now. Oh, I know. He doesn't need to do anything else. This match is going on just to say that Cody Rhodes can fight adversity, fight a broken arm, come back and train himself, the documentary, you add it all together. We already seen it, and this broken arm thing was just kayfabe as opposed to the peck, which was real life. Yeah. This is, you know, in a nutshell, this is kind of mute and stupid so I think he needs to lose I think he needs more adversity I think that I think his road is too easy because he's kind of won almost he's gonna win any road that he goes down in my opinion I mean the fact that he beat Brock on a roll up in Puerto Rico essentially pinned his shoulders down and then Brock beat him in Saudi and now the rubber match, I mean, obviously you need the face to go over because Brock has nowhere to go except WrestleMania 41 because it's going to be in Minneapolis. That's that's his swan song. That's Brock Lesnar's retirement right there. Right, WrestleMania 41. It's going to be in Minnesota. I think he's going to retire then. But, I mean, I kind of feel like you still need that build for Cody Rhodes. He's over as fuck. Yeah. He's selling a bunch of merchandise, and everybody knows that he's going to be the guy to take the belt off of Roman, possibly, at WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia. So I kind of feel like he does need this win to establish himself, but at the same time, you got to build on his character and pad his stats a little bit for him to get from now until Mania. I think so. Well, win or lose, I think Cody, no matter what, win or lose is still being established. I think it doesn't matter. I think he benefits more in the long run from a loss tomorrow, and it's Brock Lesnar. Yeah, but I feel like if you otherwise, I mean, like if 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 he loses to Brock, okay, then what's Brock gonna do? He doesn't have to do anything. He's Brock Lesnar. He can just leave and go back to Saskatchewan and kill Moose. Moose, Meese, whatever the fuck. (laughs) Moose. I mean, I. Seeing that now we're disagreeing, which is perfect because that's what we're meant to do. I'm 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 going to go with Cody. I think I think they really want Cody to get this win, and I think I think the fact that 
you know, he's been inviting Brock to beat to challenge him. He's been inviting him, calling him out, calling his shot, getting attacked from behind. And, you know, it's just that the adversity factor of him trying to overcome the beast is what he's going to do. So I'm leaning towards Cody. Okay, that's fair. Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. Right. I never I never thought that I would see a triple threat women's match with Asuka, Bianca, and Charlotte at a SummerSlam. But, I mean, this one... Huh. I don't know. I, re- I, really don't. I, I really like... I don't like it, personally. I, like, I don't I, think the build was good. No, no, no. The, it's very the, rushed and thrown together. I think... Three huge names. I think Bianca the build... I think the build is more of Bianca versus Charlotte than anything else. Correct. So, okay, you you have Oscar, who ironically is a champion, but then you're, you have Bianca and Charlotte Flair who are just talking shit to each other every day. So I kind of feel like they want to go down that route of having them challenge each other at Mania, but maybe get a match with them or two before Mania as one-on-one matches for no title belt. I think if, if I told you right now that Oscar one and then um maybe eo sky has a failed cash in or she brings up something with eo sky maybe i think that would be a little bit better because of their past together you got to think of storylines and stuff with that yeah i don't think i don't think the failed cash in is going to happen until becky distances becky jesus bailey distances herself from shotzi well I'm, because yeah. that's the story that's the real story before Eo gets to the top, she'll have a taste of it, but it'll be pulled out from under her. And there's a, you know, there's a legit, hey, Lizzie, get out of my face. You just burped in my face. God damn it, dog. Mm-hmm. Gross. Yeah, here. Um, there's a built-in story between, you know, Eo and Bailey, which I think it's untapped, and I think they'll get a lot out of it if they kind of go down that route. Yeah, even if Dakota's not there. I mean, I don't think, you know, Dakota not being there is really going to do much for that story. But... I mean, depending on when you started and if that's the route you go, who knows when she'll be back. I mean, it is an ACL thing, which is about nine months. Yeah. So... See, like, I just... Now, you know, you got to think about what each wrestler is going to do after their matches. So, like, Bianca and Charlotte can have yeah. a feud, right? Bianca and Charlotte can have a feud, and then... Um, Oscar has to Oscar go have a feud. Oscar's the oddball, I think, in this feud. And she's the champion. Yeah. That's the weird part. Every time, every time I turn on SmackDown and I see Bianca and Charlotte, I kind of feel like they're, they just secretly wanted them two to wrestle the entire time and just kind of forget about Oscar. So it's like, well, why bother? Yeah, it's like, okay, you had them pair up as a tag team the other day against Sonya Deville and and um, Chelsea Green, but then it's like, okay, we don't even need to pair them because you know what's going to happen. They're going to get along, and then the match are going to turn on each other. I mean, that's a tale as old as time. But I mean, like, I didn't think you needed a oh, match for them to do that. Day. Yeah. Story. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So. Um. This no. battle. Go ahead. I don't know. I, 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 my back cracked and shit hurt. I kind of, I, 
I the 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 battle royal that they kind of threw together last minute, um, which is on the card. It is that battle royal has to mean something for them to kick Becky and Trish off. Well, I think Trish wasn't. Normally, they've been held on on TV for the last few years. Well, I I think Trish wasn't cleared to wrestle. Well, I heard she was. I've been reading in the last two days, which it changed because they thought she wasn't. Now they are, but now it's just solely for time that they cut the match and moved to the following Monday. Or in, uh, yeah, in Canada. I mean, they, they moved the U.S. title match, too. We're not going to have that. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have that. We're not going to have Sammy and Kevin. I mean, but, you know, Triple H did say that all these matches are going to get time. So, I mean, Gunther and Drew is going to get time. The Bloodline, you know, is going to get time. A lot of people are going to get... you got to go at least 20, 20 minutes in this uh, pay-per-view. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, I, you know, some of those stories they've invested more time into, with the exception of the Becky one, which they put a lot of time into this. So, I'm very shocked to see that they put the Battle Royal over this. <laughs> And yeah, so it, it's no, on the but card, uh, that isn't. You know, but at the same so time, I really, though, uh-huh. I mean, I think that you want to, okay, remember merchandise sales. L.A. Knight, mm-hmm. yeah, is the well, number yeah. is the number yeah. one merch seller in the company right now. Did you That's know that? True. Did you know that? Yes. Yes, he, I did. He, uh, he <laughs> took over I as number WWE one. I think put up a graphic about it. Yeah, and I definitely, definitely feel like he is going to win. He has to win. And I don't think there's anybody else that can win because everybody thought that he was going to win money in the bank. Everybody thought, I mean, the guy is on TV regularly now, but he wrestles sometimes. He just cuts promos. But, I mean, I think that with all these mid-card guys that are in this match and everybody that got left off the main event or left off of the match card is going to be there. And I think that I think they really want to establish him as somebody special and with him going forward, him, him winning the battle Royal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think he, every dog gets his day. Yeah. This is it. I mean, he's got what a match tomorrow against Seamus. He does. Or excuse me, tonight Tonight. (laughs) he's facing Seamus. He's facing Sheamus in about five hours, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, now... So, so that winner is going to go to Saturday and have a match? Is, is that what I think is happening? Or? No. Oh. They're just going to wrestle battle each Royal other. something completely different. Yeah, the Battle Royal, I think, is... They're calling it like a SummerSlam Battle Royal. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Something's so, up there. Yeah, something's up. I mean, I think something is up for positiveness for LA Knight. So, I mean, I'm gonna go that way. Now, I mean, okay. I mean, I think this 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 next th- this one's easy for me. Um, I mean, Logan Paul and Ricochet. They're gonna open the match. They're gonna open the show. Uh, apparently, they are. Yeah, he's trying to get to go to his brother's boxing match. However, yes, but the ring time is 11:30. So, like, his brother's supposed to walk out. Walk out time is 11.30. So, he's got to go from Detroit to Texas Dallas. or Vegas. Somewhere. I think yeah, it's, it's Texas. It's in Dallas, yeah. And then, um, make the, and then, you know, 
get from Detroit to the airport, from the airport to another airport, and then from that airport to whatever, wherever the venue is. I think it's very possible. So, I don't know how that's going to work. He probably has a but, he, um, he probably has a private jet. Oh, well, even if he has a PJ, he's still got to get to it. It's not going to be outside the stadium. <laughs> that's true. That is true. But I mean, like, I kind of feel yeah. like they, that they placed him with Ricochet because Ricochet can afford to lose because that's just the kind of person that he's like. Logan needs the win more than Ricochet. Ricochet can afford the loss. Because Ricochet is not being portrayed as a top champion. I mean, yes, he was the he was an intercontinental champion. Yes, he was a tag team champion. But I'm sorry, he wasn't tag team champion. He was a U.S. and intercontinental champion. But I mean, like, you know, it's really time to, you know, kind of establish him. Maybe in a different role, which is fine. But you definitely need Logan to get a win under his belt after he lost the Rumble and he lost to Seth and. You know, he lost the Romans. I mean, like, you can't have the guy be like one and nine. So, you know, having him win is probably yeah, the smart thing to, to do. It really is. So, I mean, that was easy for me to, to, to just say that Logan needs to win more than Ricochet does. And that's pretty yeah, apparent. Yeah, we can kind of fly past. I mean, I agree with you there. I mean, it's going to be a spectacle. It's going to be a great way to start It's going to be spot fast. It's a great opening match, which, you know, opening matches are few and far in between. Good opening matches are great ones, excuse me, are few and far in between. No, I agree. Tribal Combat. Oh. So am I, is this supposed to be kind of like a no-holds-barred sort of deal? I'm kind of leaning towards that. To me, Tribal Combat, it, to, like I just said, to me it sounds like a no-DQ, anything-goes Anybody, anybody can interfere. Um, no holds barred, no rules match. Um, Jey Uso, Roman Reigns, leader of the bloodline is on the tie, is on the table. You know, whoever wins that will be used as the leader of the bloodline. Still, could be Roman Reigns. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tribal combat, man. This is this is getting good. This is some good stuff, mm -hmm. and the respect for like once they mentioned tribal combat, all emotions changed, and the whole game changed for for Roman and Jay, and it's most noticeable in the interaction where Solo went to go spike Jay, and and he was held off. They came together. They actually hugged, put their heads together, and respectfully walked away. So I'm glad that they're making tribal combat into something. It's not just a wonky match title with a set of rules that we already know. I think this is really important. Um, you know, it goes to show like there's a new spin on it, which you know we need. <laughs> and yeah. it, You know, Jay winning the likelihood of that probably not going to happen. But as we talked about earlier. There's a good possibility, even though it's a, the percentages on the smaller side, it's still respectable, and it kind of fits if he did. Jay's the one who start kind of started it. He's the one who could end it, and they made mention of that on multiple media outlets on television and, and so on and so forth. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. That's gonna be really good. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out, you know, how they can make this match different. Yeah. I, I really think Roman, Roman should win, and he should win in a way that he doesn't get help from anybody else. Mm. I really, yeah. I really agree with he that. He doesn't have too many wins where I think they just somebody. I, I just watched a video or read a stat where it's been a very long time since his last. Um, I think it was against actually uh, um, Matt Riddle, where his last win without help. His clean, yeah, his last, his from. last clean win. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, I mean, you can you can tell a story like you can have. Solo accidentally hit Roman with a chair, and then Roman still win the match, and then he can go that way. Yeah. Or you can have, you know, it just depends on where you want to go. Yeah, like, it depends on where you want to go, and anything you know, anything does go. Awesome. Does Jimmy come back? Like, what the hell does does really does Paul know. does Heyman try to turn on Roman and align with Solo, but Roman still wins? Mm-hmm. You never know. So I mean, like, yeah. Ro- I mean, I mean, Heyman, Heyman is like the linchpin in all this. But I mean, there's a lot of different routes you can go. I'm, I'm leaning towards the fact that you're gonna have Roman win clean, but you're gonna have another way, another thing coming out of this. So I'm gonna go with this. I'm gonna go with Roman winning, beating Jay, but. Somehow Solo does something to Roman where he doesn't know if he can trust him anymore, and now he has to look over his shoulder even more. Got it. Yeah. So now we get um, paranoid tribal chief. Yes. Which you know, if he has to really think about it, he's starting to lose his grip on his crew. Well, I mean, I, th- I, th- I, th- I think he lost his know, group. So here's where some of those things... That, half his crew is gone. Form. More than half his crew is gone. Sammy's gone. Jimmy the Gimp's gone. Jay's gone. Yeah. So... <laughs> Jimmy the Gimp's gone. I yeah. think I think that's how it's going to go. And I think that if you do it that way, you can tell even more of a story. Mm-hmm. That's That's just what I think. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I'd like to see where it goes. I mean, you know, time will tell and we'll find out tomorrow. But I think the most important thing is that, you know, Jay's going to really propel himself even further. Oh, yeah. Than where we thought he was before. Main event Jay Uso. Yeah. I mean, Jay Uso could win the Royal Rumble. Yeah, very, God, man, you're right. You he never know. Very well could have. I mean, this could be this could be Jay Uso's like second coming, even if he loses. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Maybe maybe the whole plan was to split the Usos up towards this way. You never know. But yeah. I mean, I, I, I I'm I'm leaning I'm leaning with Tribal Chief. I have to. I've I've been so many times I've been against him winning, and I've go, I haven't gone with my gut. But now I'm going to go with my gut, and my gut is that he retains. Yeah, I, I I don't think it's Roman's time yet. Although I wouldn't be shocked if it was the time for him to lose. I think that's the best way for me to put it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, if it happens, whoa, you know, now let's see where we go. Yeah. And now who interjects them. So, so the, the other caveat to this is like, he's got the championship. And did you notice he only came out with that championship the other day? Mm-hmm. He only came out with one. So everybody knows all the people in the back, all the people who could be main eventers or want to go for that title aren't showing their face because they know there's infighting. The the bloodline is fighting themselves. So they want to see, they're taking a wait and see approach through everything to see what happens. I agree with that. And, you know, eventually somebody in the back has to be like, well, I'm not waiting in line. I'm going to jump this line because who knows how long I'm going to have to wait. I've waited. I've waited enough. Yeah. So. so who's going to be that first person to feel that way yeah. outside of blood? Mm-hmm. And, and we'll find out. Yeah, we I could. think by September we'll really start to get a good idea of this new chapter. Because I think the bloodline stuff will play out to the end of the month. And then I kind of think it'll either take a turn towards the solo part of it where now they're really going at it or somebody else will kind of interject or maybe that happens at the same time. Yep. You know, cause they can tell two stories at the same time. They're very capable of doing it. I agree with that. Yeah. They had done it before. Correct. So. And, and they done it recently with mm-hmm. the bloodline stuff. Yeah. They've told multiple stories. Yeah. Yeah. So we just, I mean, we, we just, we just covered SummerSlam for you the day before the biggest party of the year. So what are you going to do now after listening to this episode? You're going to watch SummerSlam tomorrow. Then you're going to come back next week and listen to what we thought about SummerSlam to see about all of our predictions and how they all are not going to come true, obviously, because we differed in some opinions, but most of them will probably come true. So, um, so, 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 we'll, well, yeah, we'll, we'll see who has more, more, uh, next week we'll, one of us will get the brag about who has who had more of our predictions. But yes, next week back to you with a brand new episode of Sons of Flip Radio. Remember, you can always find us um, on Facebook or Instagram at Sons of Flip Radio, and you can go back in our back in our past catalogs. I mean, if you want some some funny um, some funny laughs, as I drop the phone and Alex is on the phone, um, yeah, uh, some funny laughs and some good episodes and some good interviews. Go back in our past catalog. Uh, you can email us at. Sunsetflippodcast at gmail.com. Enjoy SummerSlam. Enjoy the week of wrestling. If you don't watch WWE, then enjoy AEW Collision. Um, so. Oh, yeah, that MJF and Adam Cole shit's getting really good, actually. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's, it's convoluted, but I, I have to say it has been quite entertaining. It's entertaining. I mean, I think I think Adam Cole is going to turn on, on MJF. That's just me. So. Yeah, no, that's a I'm yeah, that's just really me. That yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll address that. Here's a better thing. Did you notice that Adam Cole didn't even look at the contract? Yeah. I think MJF, I think they're both going to go to turn on each other, and MJF is going to have the leg up, and MJF is going to reveal that he is still a big piece of shit. Yeah. So. I think that's literally the best way to put it. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, we'll, you'll be getting our. Uh, our take on that and obviously all SummerSlam next week. So, I mean, come back next week, see what, see what we think, see what happens, but you know, enjoy wrestling, you know, and as always, um, you know, in case we don't see you, 
Actually, you know, I fucked that up again. As always, I am the million dollar father, Mr. Thomas Lisi, always sitting normally in the studio, but now on the phone, the most handsome dad on the phone, Mr. Alex Drayton. We are Sunset always Flip Radio. Good. We are Sons of Flip Radio. We are out for the 159th time. Enjoy wrestling. Peace, love, and wrestling. And in case we don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. You're...